The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. If you get all 10 right, you have a chance to win. But we're, we're hedging. Pete's a little scared that 100 people get it right, that we don't have enough mugs to go around. So, Pete, three people. We're, we're going to. Hey, I'm placing hey. the over under on number of people to get one through 10 at three. Oh, yeah, baby. That's right. We got a little bit more quarterback countdown recap to go over. It's Paul Burmeister here, Chris Sims. What's up? Nobody got the perfect 10. We had three people. Who got one through eight. Which is surprising. Which is impressive. Yeah. It definitely is. Because, again, my list is not chalk, as we know. I, I don't see it maybe the way the rest of the world does. So, uh, way to go, those three people. We are going to give you gifts, and we're going to give gifts to some other people as well. What that kind of gifts? Uh, I don't know. Some swag as far mm-hmm. as just not sure yet. we got to figure that out, me, Pete, Matt, Casey. We'll figure that out at some point. They're not going to get chickens. I'm not sending them chickens. Two. Two. Give it up right over here. Right. Paul, chickens today. Paul, for hosting the podcast all year, I'm giving him two of my chickens. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, I'm not. Paul had a bunch of chickens eaten recently by a fox. Yes, He's murder. got one left. One, they're they're herd, they're pack animals. They they stress out. So I have two from my rooster and chickens, and they have grown up. And I'm seeing some inbreeding going on, and I don't think that's cool in my property. So I'm willing to get rid of them and give them to you. So who would have thought after a Chris Sims podcast, I'm driving down to Chris's house to pick something up? Yeah. And it is two chickens. It's not weed. It's chickens. <laughs> Does, now, it could come with the chickens, kind of like as a parting a part, gift, some swag. Of, yeah, right, right. Like, like here's a little spice up, little gift for this. Literally. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. I, I got some, if you want some, I got some extra. We could meet about we it. We can make show. it work. Okay. While hey, we're down there. The fact that you're willing to have this conversation is encouraging to me just to begin with. Yeah. It is progress. It, it, it is a big day and a couple of things. Yes. Okay, number one, right. it it's truly is the, the last day of school. Last day of school. This is it. This is it. Okay, and, and not quite. Quite as important is that it's my 21-year wedding anniversary today. Wow. 21. Wow. Way to go, man. Thank you. Man, I did not know that. So you're playing on this is a big day. Right. 21-year anniversary. Two What are we doing tonight? Anything? Well, I'm going to unload the chickens from the crate. Right. And make sure that they mesh with with, the the other one. Right. Yeah. And then uh, out to dinner with some friends. Okay. All right, so you're bringing some friends on this one. It's not going to be an intimate candlelight dinner for two. So I thought it was going to be just us, but I've been told there are other people there. Right. Yeah. So how are you going to do with uh, Father's Day this weekend? Any any plans there? I'm going to I'm going to say welcome to Birmingham. Happy Father's Day. Oh, great. More holidays <laughs> in the USFL League down in Birmingham. Exactly. Now, the uh, very good news about that is right. it's an early kickoff. Right. And there are a number of direct flights from Birmingham back to New York. Okay. So, so I'm going to be I'm going to be at my house in the evening. Okay, good. It's all good. That's a win. Call football game. Father's Day is come yeah. on, as we know, it's really not that important to the most of the world. <laughs> I I like to call Father's Day Mother's Day Part 2. Mm. That's what Father's Day has become in my house. Is it special wife, for you? 
at your house? No. My wife literally, they like this weekend, it's like literally they're telling me what we're doing. No one's asked me, what do you want to do on Father's Day? Yeah. Nothing. I'm being told what I'm going to do. <laughs> what are you doing? And being told that I'm going to enjoy it as well. And that's a good day, right? I think You'll you should like step that for in. your Father's Day. It's, it's the one day where we, like normally we, we, we just kind of right. go where, right. where the day's going. Right. <laughs> that's what we do. It's the one day where you should say, you know what? No. I don't want to do that. I, I, it, it, to me, this year it's gotten to a point where like things have been scheduled to such a point where mm. it's like I, I, I'm afraid to say anything now because yeah. it's like, whoa, I'm gonna, you guys are gonna, they're gonna blame me for ruining the day. They're gonna like, blame Father's you for ruining day. We're Father's doing day. this all for you. And yeah. I guess I know, but I asked for none of this fucking shit we're doing. Right. I just want to sit on my ass at home by the pool. Yeah. Here's the deal. So it's okay. Mother's Day part two is how I look at it. Here's how I can help. Right. I'm gonna be in the house today picking up chickens. Yeah. I can like bring something up to your wife or your kids who are around to help it steer it in the direction you want it to go in. Yeah, okay. What we'll talk think? about that. Maybe. Maybe. Okay. We'll see. I'm married to Sicilian. You got to be careful with that. Yeah. Might, she might say all the right things to you while you're there. And then you're but as soon in as, as soon as you leave, the Tommy yeah. gun comes out and Do I'm you in get big gifts? trouble. What? Do you get gifts? Yeah. She usually, she usually does have one for me. Okay. Like one that she just kind of knows is like, like a cool pair of Nike sneakers. She knows yeah. she can't go wrong. She's usually pretty good like that. Yeah, she is. Kids yeah. write you notes. Kids, uh, they do. They actually do. That's the, that's one that's area the where the part. wife is good. She gets the kids to do some things, and yeah. that's usually very special, right? Okay. Right. So that's all right. There we go. We got a full. I got a sweet sixteen. My daughter's sweet sixteen birthday this on weekend. Saturday. We got family in town. Yeah. We got the. The NBC barbecue tomorrow afternoon. That's right. So yeah. we got all kinds of shit going on, even though yeah. it's like school's out for summer Sweet after today. Sweet 16. Thinking of 16, I've got my son getting his braces off and getting his license on Friday. Wow. Yeah. Wow. How about that for a that, day? That's a kid? big day, right? Yeah. Teeth are free, and I'm free of dad. I'm out of here. And a free car. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Shit. That sounds good. Welcome to Connecticut. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right, right. Welcome to Connecticut. Yeah. Quarterbacks. You want to do it? Yeah. It's done. I'm Let's very roll. relieved. I'm just coming down you the final be. stretch of talking about it and defending it, but it's, it's at least I'm done with the, yeah. the dirty part. Will you still have it on your mind? We're taking a look there, 40 through 21. You just put, put the wraps on uh, 40 down to 1. This still on your mind for rest of June and July, yeah. or are you just done? You I'm over done. It? I'm done. I'm sure I'll have to do a few radio things here and there. Where I'll have to talk about it again and reference it and whatever else. But, I mean, as far as me thinking about – certain points that I need to make about these guys and all that. I've written it all down actually like three different places now. So no, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much done. The yeah. only thing that might happens over this time is, you know, maybe you find a new way to make the same point with a cooler way to say it or a more emphatic way to say it. But no, the dirty work's done and uh, I feel good about it. I really do. And I'm glad it's over. We've got a bunch of questions to get to. I always look forward to this one because we yeah. can just roll through all this interaction. Yeah, like most I'm, shows we I get like in three too. or four, but yeah. like today we're going to get in a bunch of them. I haven't looked at them either. I wanted to be like totally raw with them. So I, I'm really, right now, as I just flipped the page of my computer, I'm starting to see them here. And before before we get to me reading them, yeah. a little sound bite first. Go ahead, Maddie. Giddy up, giddy up, giddy up. Oh, is that how it goes? How's it go? Giddy up, giddy up, giddy up. Oh, <laughs> man. taking your lead. That is you like didn't sing as much this year. You're right. I was. I was. I noticed. I thought about that today when I was on PFT. Yeah, and I should have. I didn't sing for Mahomes, Allen. I have a Lamar song. You know, I've even worked on a Brady song. Uh, I should have a little bit, but I, that that's that's flattering, right there. That's awesome. The fact that people and that's catching on a little yeah. bit, and you know, the Bills Mafia is always pretty special that way. Shout out there to Joe G N O Z Z O fifty one. Joe sent us that pretty cool video back in November. 
uh, we couldn't head into the summer without showing it. So we, we, we've been sitting on that. Yeah, we've been sitting on for it. For a little right. while. Yep. It was I'm the right man. time to roll I'm it in. Boo. Okay, so we're going to start with number one. You yep. had Josh Allen, number one. No surprise. Uh, Bills have a number one defense. Let's start with uh, at Nick Sheehan. Allen is great, but Mahomes is in his own tier. What Allen did in that playoff game against a bad defense, Mahomes did even better against a damn good defense. What say you? Well, listen, I, I understand those points, and then that's why I'm here to do this is to cut through some of this first off. I mean, yes, his defense was statistically it's better than Kansas City's. Yeah. I don't sit here and really think Buffalo's defense was the number one in football. Mm. I mean, Kansas City ran up and down the field on them. Yeah, Any did. team that was kind of elite offensively moved the ball down the field True. on them. It, I mean, the Buccaneers, that game – you know, so the Colts, you know, the Tennessee Titans, I mean, they're all, we're talking like plus 30 point games there. You know, yeah, they were good against Carolina and the Patriots and the Falcons of the world and the Jets of the world and some of those teams, certainly. You know, I get that. But I'm talking about more, sure, the defense. I'll give Kansas City. Kansas City has more playmakers on their defense. Yeah. They probably cause more havoc and make more plays to get the ball back to Mahomes. But the other thing is, you know, Allen's support on the offensive side of the ball, to me, is not on the level of Patrick Mahomes. I mean, Mahomes, that offensive line, it's in the conversation for best pass-protecting O-line in football. And then, of course, Tyree Kill, Kelsey, you know, McCole Hardman, it was Sammy Watkins, you know, and the rest of the group of guys, they're greater than what Josh Allen has had, period. It's, that's, that's not even up for debate. It's, it's really not. When you talk about Gabriel Davis is the second-best receiver, I know he had that great game in the playoffs. He had a down year last year and caught 500 yards worth of receptions. That is not in the level of the second or third guy in Kansas City. Right. Let alone Kelsey, who's challenging the conversation of the greatest pass-catching tight end in the history of football. Mm. So that's where it's different. And again, I don't want people to think like, these guys are – I know I called one guy my boy Blue – but the year before that, I was the lone assassin of going, Patrick Mahomes is the first pick in the draft. People mm. are crazy. I love Patrick Mahomes. I love. This is more like 1 and 1A. One right. I just want people to know that. Yeah. Love him. Yeah. Right. And one of the reasons I think Josh has ascended, for those who think he's number one, is uh, he was forced to run a lot, and, and he ran very well. Right. And there's a question here uh, from Alex Sim. Who would you consider a better running threat from the quarterback position, Josh Allen now or Cam Newton from the mid-2010s? Allen is without a doubt a better scrambler and runner through the pass game. They call a lot. They were calling a lot of runs. They do. They do. And but like so that part of it, okay? Because it's both. That's what when we talk about running, I think we got to talk about both aspects here: the scrambling and running for a first down, or scrambling around and staying behind the line of scrimmage to throw a ball. To me, Josh Allen clearly better than Cam Newton. Now, ooh. From the running stuff, that is a really tight one. Allen has a little bit more wiggle to him. I don't know. He's not as fast as Cam Newton was. Yeah. And I don't know if he quite has the power Cam Newton has. I was going to say, Josh is a big man, but anybody who stood next to Cam. It's it's, it's a different level. It's a different thing. It is. And so I would probably go Cam Newton as being the better running quarterback there. Had had I read these before, I would have looked up how much Cam was running back in the day because I – I think I, I did this uh, for the USFL because Jeff Fisher had Paxton Lynch. He was comparing Paxton Lynch to Josh Allen, the running game. And I went back and looked up. Josh was averaging, I don't know, seven or eight runs per game, which is a lot. Was Cam running more than that? Probably. Was he but, up in the it, double digits? It, it, it would, yes, some games. But I think overall it was probably close to those probably, type of numbers. Probably right around yes, eight-ish. Right, right. Yeah. I think so. And a lot of it, too, again, 
They're the only two guys I've ever seen where between uh, seven and eight most years. There we there go. You go. And then you know, and and on, and then that's the other correlation there. And they're the only two guys ever. You go, wait, it's third and two. Let's pull the guard and put our quarterback behind him. He'll yeah. get the first down. That, that's just it's insanely rare. And again, that's where. Hey, Josh Allen, Mahomes is a great runner and scrambler. I don't want to be taken away from that either. But, you know, Allen's ability and the design quarterback runs is in an elite class, and to me, only Lamar Jackson's in that yeah. class right there. And that's, you know, pretty damn special. He's, you know, again, this is the best running quarterback in the game, not named Lamar Jackson. All right, for your second quarterback, Patrick Mahomes, we have an assist here from a very special um, Twitter person, individual team member. You ready for this? Yeah. This is from Butt Doc. 04. Bud Doc 04. Wanted to be a part of it. Right. I yeah. like it. This person asks, is Mahomes being graded overly harshly, too many Lees there, due to a high standard that he has created? 2021 was his worst season as a starter, but no offseason due to the injury. Allen also had his share of bad games last year, and he had a full offseason. I, I, it's a really good question, but no, I don't, I don't you know, grade it on what you were in the past and where you're going. You know, I definitely don't. He's got he's created a high standard, yes, and he's living up to that standard. Now, was it as good as he can be? No, it was not last year. As I explained, that that's the biggest thing. And I know Allen wasn't perfect either. And listen, both of these guys are going to have times where they don't look perfect because everything about the offense is on them. So, like, if the defense is just playing really great and has a great game plan, it can make them look a little crazy, and then they have to do some crazy things to make the team win because everything is kind of played through them. And that can lead to, yeah, some reckless moments by both of them. There's yeah. no doubt. But not so reckless to where I go, whoa, they're out of control that way yeah. or anything that way. Now, the thing with Mahomes this year, yes, I, again, I understand the, the preface of he didn't practice last year, but that, that's not an excuse. I mean, we don't go, well, well, okay, so we'll erase some of the year because he didn't practice. Like, I, I got to take it for what it is. He was out there. He was playing. This is what we saw. This is what we got. You know, And a little we saw what happened in the AFC Championship game was a little bit of a microcosm of things that happened during the year. There was a stretch, again, where Mahomes was not playing well. Mm -hmm. You can look at a game here and there with Allen and go, okay, yeah, he didn't play great today or whatever. But there was a middle part of the year where Mahomes, it was like, whoa, Every week it was a dumb interception or two, you know, a strip sack fumble from just holding the ball in the pocket forever or, or moving in the pocket inappropriately and doing something wrong that way. And so that's what I'm judging it on. And again, I'm judging it on, you know, just what we see right now. And what I want to tell people last year, I mean, even last year, it was really close between Mahomes. Mahomes was one, Allen was two. Right. It was nitpicky. At what point during this season did, did, uh, did the light go off in your head? And you know, like I love both these guys, but I'm making the switch. Well, Josh is the best guy. It, I think what solidified it at least is just the end of the year play. You know, I think I think Allen was Allen has played more consistently good football the last two years. I, yeah. There's no debate about that. There's really not, in my opinion. Did you have him in your mind number one before he was nearly perfect against New England in the postseason? 
and was wonderful at Kansas City. I, I, yeah, I, the, he was he was right there in that conversation with me, where like you know, just in the back of my brain, I was going, "Man, I th- I'm not sure Allen's not better than Mahomes." Especially, yeah. especially. I mean, you do the podcast and what the fuck happened Wednesdays and all of that. It felt like we you watched were there the Bills in Kansas City almost every week. We yeah. have to talk about right. them. I, there's really, I don't. There's very few games I don't watch of these two quarterbacks on film. I I watch. I, I want to say I watched every game last year, and then watched mostly every game back when I watched all their. Th- Rose to do this exercise. Yeah, I I didn't go into it going, oh, Allen's definitely going to be one. Okay. I just went into it going, man, I wonder who's going to be one between Allen and Mahomes. Yeah, and I let the tape dictate that. Right. And there was a place I think in the year, you know, where we got to the Buffalo game. Um, the Buffalo game it was not his best, but still not bad. He came back and played the Washington football game. And Mahomes made plays everywhere, but he also did two or three stupid things, and he also didn't play the the game that well within the pocket as far as decisions and things that were given there, but he made some unbelievable highlight plays that you just went, oh my gosh, only Josh Allen could do this. But then the Titans game, the Giants game, the Packers game, that was below average Mahomes play, and it wasn't because the defenses were so good, oh my gosh, wow. No, no, no. He literally went through a period of not playing well, yeah. not seeing the ball field well, forcing balls downfield, people open underneath and not taking it. And then, like I talked about, the movement in the pocket that was not good there for a period of time. And listen, everybody out there, I'm saying things that Kansas City said last year. They they all said it, including Patrick Mahomes. So. That's where I, I just you know again I I love Mahomes. Right. I'm just I think that Allen is a little bit of a just a tad bit better right now where we are. There's also this feeling watching Josh at the end of the year. I mean it's like it's awesome and it feels like it's going up. Yes, right. And Mahomes has been at this pretty been a awesome phenomenal place for level. A while. Right, right. Not getting worse, but it doesn't feel like it's just rocketing to the next level like it might be with Allen. Yeah, I think you know Allen probably had more room for growth. Yeah, and no, we're you, seeing right. that you yeah. know, and then and he's he's taking advantage of that. And again. Allen had some parts of the year, too, where you sit there, hey, the Jacksonville game, you know, they had a Dolphins game. They were, yeah, it wasn't pretty, but that's where I go back to, again, everything is on Josh Allen. Everything. Like, they can't run the ball at all. They don't have Andy Reid and all those weapons and this great offense that's like the league has never seen before and is just catching on to. So they don't they don't have that, let alone, like, the, the lesser talent. And, yeah, some of those teams – that had you know good game plans and knows how to stop some of the staples of, of of Buffalo. The games don't look great from Josh Allen, but the difference is I went back to those games and I didn't go, man, Josh Allen was poor mm. and he was bad in the pocket and he was making bad decisions. I went back to those games and went, damn, those there's not much there. And yet he still won the game with like five or six unbelievable Josh Allen plays to where we come away and go, well, Buffalo's offense looked pretty good. It looked pretty good. And, and and you know I come away going no it 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 didn't really it just was him making yeah. plays and you know there's 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 something to that too and I think you know that's where um yeah that's where the evaluation is tough here as far as you know figuring those things out and that's what I try to cut through to to make the final evaluation I think a lot of people probably uh, who listen to the podcast know you're high on Justin Herbert but even Justin at number three was probably a little bit of a surprise yeah, uh, yeah. one question here from at just go get him jay chris what do you think or who do you think had the best first two seasons in the league andrew luck 
or Justin Herbert? I think one is the air personality of the other. That's an awesome question. It is a very good question by Justin. Go get him, Jay. Um, So so we're talking about 2011, 2012-ish for for Andrew Luck. Was there more winning involved? Luck luck won more. They went to the playoffs the first two years. Deep in. They went 11-5 the first year. Second year. Actually, the second year, the year they went... Uh, no, it might have been the third year they went to the AFC Championship game. But they had it, that playoff game where they came back from way back against Kansas, Kansas City. Kansas City, right. Yeah. yeah, I. you know, this is where I guess I would – Luck is phenomenal. We're talking about two phenomenal players here. I think Luck was probably a little bit mentally ahead of Justin Herbert a little bit that way. Mm. I don't think his physical ability is as good as Justin Herbert. And I'm that's saying a lot because Andrew Luck was really physically gifted. Whew. I think Justin Herbert – has made me say wow more than Andrew Luck did. Yeah. I still said wow a lot with Andrew Luck. Yeah. You know, it, it, that, those were some pretty solid football teams. It you went know, from solid were on. to he was good, good. His numbers and the winning jump way up in year three. Year three. That was the year they lost in the AFC Championship against yes. the Patriots, right? They went to Denver. They upset Broncos. 40 touchdown passes. And that's, I mean, that's a lot anytime. That's year but three. But he had 23 and 23 years one and two. Thank right. you, Matt, for that. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, and I'm expecting. Well, I mean, Justin Herbert's going to have that kind of jump. Yeah. Justin Herbert, what through 37 last year, is, right? Yeah. I mean, um, they didn't win as much as the like the Colts won 11. They went 11 and five. Yeah, went to the AFC title game. Like yeah. you mentioned. I think I'm more wowed by Justin Herbert. I'm yeah. not going to lie. I mean, and I'm telling you, I really like Andrew Luck. But yeah, Herbert to me is, you know, again. When he's arguably the greatest thrower in the game, especially yeah. when the pocket's clean. That's where the wow comes in. I know. I, th- I think Andrew was more efficient. Yes. Safe to say. Right. But more wow from Herbert. More wow. Maybe a better feel of when to run and scramble to, which is something I'd like to see Herbert get better at. Yeah. Herbert's got a backyard element of his game that he hasn't tapped into all the way to where yeah. I go, when he does that, you know, watch out. But th- that's the thing. I, I wish we could sit here and go through games – and watch Justin Herbert because there's just so many wow plays and wow throws. And because he's so big and can do it so easy and it's just kind of like Mahomes or Josh Allen, we're just so used to it. We just go, oh, another laser by Herbert. Yeah. But when you really break it down, you just go, oh, my gosh. I mean, some of the throws and the decisions themselves are, are like, whoa, he's, gonna, he's, he's about to throw this into that window. Well, yeah. well boom, first down, 25-yard completion. Right on the money, perfect trajectory, laser, touch, whatever. Um, he's, he's, he's amazing that way. And he I, really is. And I think this is going to change, but if you look at the quarterbacks 1 through 10, and Burrow had that postseason run so everybody saw him, he's the quarterback, too, in the top 10 that people have probably seen the least in I know. time. You're like, right. They're not playing at 425 at Lambeau Field. They're not playing on Sunday Night Football. I know. Or at least they haven't. No, they will be now, but you're yeah, right. Yeah, I hope so. Yes, you're, you're, you're right. I know most people haven't, you know, they didn't really see Joe Burrow's year. You're right. They just saw highlights. And they, they saw heard the big play bangles. They saw a postseason. Yeah. They said, wow. Yeah, and it's going to continue to be wow for both of those guys. You know, a little bit of where we are, too, is, yes, they finished the year at a really high level, Yeah, and it's still going upwards like you just talked about. Yeah. And that's part of my job here, too. And I've said before, I've been a little low with some of these guys and projecting that little growth. And that's where, yeah, I think they ended off the year playing at a higher level than Aaron Rodgers, and I expect them to surpass him here in the offseason because there's room for growth there, and there's not really for Aaron Rodgers. More on Rodgers yeah. at number five in a moment, but first now we have kind of Herbert at three compared yeah. to Burrow at four. Right. Continue this with the help from uh, Laura Stauffer, one 
Hey, Chris, love the podcast. Why is Herbert ranked above Burrow if you had Burrow higher in the drafts and Burrow has had more proven success in the past season? I could argue Burrow's leadership and decision-making puts him a notch above. That's a, it's a great That's a great thing. I mean, you're right. I mean, his his leadership, he's definitely, to me, got an edge in the leadership. But yeah. it's not to the point to where I go, oh, man, he's blowing Justin Herbert out of the water here. It's not. Herbert's a little different guy. Joe's very special that way. Decision-making... I'm not going to give Joe Burrow the 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 advantage there. You know, they're both are aggressive, good decision makers that can border on yeah. maybe being a little reckless from time to time. Which so, is, which so, we which, which we enjoy most well, of the time. Well, we do enjoy it. And what that was the deciding factor? Well, the deciding factor I think was really just the um, really the amount of wow throws. Yeah. I think that's the biggest thing. Yeah. Burrow better in the pocket, definitely as far as moving around, scrambling. But when the pocket's there or the pocket's collapsing, Herbert is ama- he might not move move as well, yeah. but he's amazing at throwing in those situations and making big-time, high-level throws. Yeah. Right? And then, you know, the, the, some of the plays you can go out with Justin Herbert, to me, is like, hey, Burrow's awesome. I get that. But Herbert, you can call plays like you can with Allen and Mahomes and be like, roll this way for 20 yards and then throw yeah. the post back this way 70 yards. That's a new play I put in the playbook. Let's I've never that. done this before yeah. for anybody, but you again. can do it, so I'll do it. This We're talking close, though. I mean, as close as it gets between these two. This was on my mind, and, and I, I really had the feeling from the time we spent here, I'm like, okay, Burrow and Herbert are going to be in the top five. I didn't yeah. know which was going to be higher. Right. I just wondered, I wonder what Chris is going to have as the, the difference maker. Yeah. Joe's ahead of him because of this or vice versa. I think Burrow, as I went back to Herbert, I thought was consistently at a better level throughout the year. Burrow really came on the last half of the year, the last six, seven games, to where the per- first part of the year it was good and we were accurate, but the last half of the year went to, oh my gosh, every decision's good. Oh my gosh, every throw's on the money. Holy shit, he got out of that yeah. problem. Whoa, what a play. And as I would say, like Burrow, to me, I can't say he's the best in maybe any area, maybe other than moving in the pocket. He's close to being the best in that area. But like all the other stuff, it's not the best, but it's like towards the top of football in every category. There's yeah. no weakness there. You know, Herbert, his size and ability to throw, you know, with people around him is up there for the best. And like I said, his pure just throwing when he can be in a proper position to throw, nobody beats him that way. And he's he's really, I think, when the clean pocket and I can stand in the perfect position, nobody is going to make more wow throws than Justin Herbert. And the other thing I love about them is their aggressive, aggressive demeanor. And when their throat, when they got their foot on your love throat, it. they spre- they press down and yeah. go, the game's over. We're going to fuck you up right here. It's over. Right. And I love that. And yep. to me, that's what separated them from Aaron Rodgers. And and two with those guys, they're both, as I, I said this on Pro Football Talk, towards the top of football and in interceptions. Yeah, but but you live with it because of what that gives you. It's a little bit like Matthew Stafford. Yeah. He was at the top. Right. But they scare the shit out of you because yeah. you go, oh, my gosh, we have to defend every blade of grass on the field. Yep. And they put pressure on your defense, and they make the defenses play conservatively because they're like, this guy can fucking throw a laser anywhere. We better be careful. We can't play that aggressive defense. Right. And to me, again, that's one of the things that the top four, in my opinion, shows a little bit. It, it, the, the league is meant for the quarterbacks to go win and make plays and, and win the game. It's set up for that right now. And that's these four, they do that. And to me, that's where they separated from Rodgers. That's where they came down. I know Rodgers had that playoff game, and people go, oh, maybe you're judging the playoff game. And I want to go, no, 
He was really doing that all year long in a lot of games. They just won against the middle class and lower class in the NFL in a lot of those games. So we didn't look at it. It came back to bite him in the ass finally in the divisional playoff game. And to me, that's like I said, there's no way Allen, Mahomes, Burrow, or Herbert go down the way he goes down in that that game against the 49ers. No way. Right. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. More on Rodgers. Yeah. just kind of walked us right to that. No Your fifth-rating quarterback, Jarrett Krause, asks... Does anyone carry the team more than Aaron Rodgers? Missed one game, and his team went scoreless at Kansas City uh, through three and a half quarters against a Chiefs defense that was giving up 30 points per game at the time. Great point. Yeah, well, 30 points per game, but see, this is where context matters. The hottest defense in football when they went in there to, to Kansas City. The Chiefs were the best defense in the game for the seven weeks before that. So they got off to a shit start, but at that point, they were the best defense in football. All right, so again, you got to take all that into context. Rodgers is amazing. He is extremely important to his football team. I know that. Yes, he does so much at the line of scrimmage. He's a great decision maker. I mean, come on. We know everybody. I love Aaron Rodgers. I love him. I know that. You know, But like I said, and kind of throughout the year, I was also saying this too. Can you really win the game by we're just going to out-execute and not make the mistake? Yeah, you can against the middle class and the lower class of football. You're going to be able to do that. Right. We'll just manage. It's like Tom Brady has said. Really, if you play the game the right way and take care of the football, most teams you play in the league, they'll screw it up, and yeah. you don't even have to do anything. Yeah. I've only seen one team that can play the, we're just going to out-execute you and play the right way and win on a consistent basis, and that's the New England Patriots. But that's also because they had advantages other places where I'd go, Belichick with this insane game plan on defense that we'd never fucking seen before in the league. Yeah. So that was an Adam element. And then who called more trick plays than New England? So even though they were like, hey, we're execute, we're always in the right situation, oh, now's the time to throw the reverse pass to Julian Edelman down the field to Cue Danny Amendola. Yeah. Nobody did that more. So they created ways to get the plays that way a yeah. little bit. That's the only team I've been able to I've, I've seen consistently win that way. Yeah. And then so yes, Rodgers is great that way, but where I great. I did good good. Well, we went 13 and 3. I need Rodgers to be fucking Aaron Rodgers against the teams in the playoffs where I go it's yeah. time to take over now. This is why we're paying you 55 trillion dollars. Yeah. Now I need you to make you know, I don't need the, the check down for four and, oh, your completion percentage is good. I need you to go out to make a play or two to win the fucking game. And that's where this, the top four guys win in that category. Where, where would you have had Aaron after the regular season? Because I think we both agreed it was an MVP-type season. Yeah. Before I, that playoff game where it was just a giant dud. I, mm, I You know, again, I, I probably would have had him in front of Burrow and Herbert, yeah. but that's without like me going back and dissecting it. Sure. As I dissected and, it during this thing, it came, it came apparent to me it wasn't too hard as I wanted to go through because, again, as you start to look through some games and things, you go, man, Rodgers is doing this a lot, actually. It, it, it really shined a light on the way they it won, did. the way they played exactly. during the regular season. Yes. And, like I was hoping you would say that yeah. because, to me, it matters. When, when you're a person, when you're the MVP – 
and you're kind of flirting with that style of ball. It's like, wait a second, there's not much margin for error. Exactly. And then it really comes to light in the postseason. I think it's fair few months later when we're rating the quarterbacks to really count that heavily. I, it, it, it does. To me, when you're talking about the elite of the elite, it's, it's, the, it's, it's little, little things that are big, though. I get yeah. that. But the, it's the, that's what separates it. It's and like, that, wait, how do you separate the guys that are awesome physically, make awesome throws, you know, scramble and make great plays that way? You, you start to get into categories down the list where you go, oh, that's where the difference is. Bold that's decisions, where, courageous decisions. Right. Right? Right. Or, yes, and it just doesn't having have a to killer matter, but attitude. It matters to you. I like it. It does matter to yeah. me. And, again, you know, they didn't play the toughest schedule in football last year either. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so they were allowed to play that type of game. You know, I get that. But Rodgers, too much, in my opinion, doesn't step on the gas pedal until he has to step on the gas pedal. And, you know, execution's great and all that. I love that. But to me, it's it's erroring a little on too conservative and you're costing your team. And I'll go back to something I, I've said here recently. You know, you're seeing that I, this style of football is not going to win. It's just not. It's not going to win. Oh, I didn't throw any interceptions and my completion percentage was good and all that, blah, 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 blah. It's just not. Yeah. You know? You're seeing Brady with the Bucks. They're they're not playing that way. Mahomes hasn't played that way. Nick Foles and the Eagles didn't play that way. Look at the two teams in the Super Bowl this, this year. This year is just fucking go. Yep. And and you and I take two quarterbacks where oh it's about precision and completions mm-hmm. and take care. Breeze and Rodgers have been the the epitome of that the yeah. last few years. It's got them and nowhere. Extreme, yeah. It's got them nowhere. Yeah. It's got them into oh man they almost won the playoff game. Mm-hmm. They almost did. And I just want to go again. You put these four on some of those teams in the situation, I'd go, oh, they won the playoff game. Yep. And that's where, to me, it's different. And I don't like saying that about Aaron Rodgers. Come on. I came away from the Green Bay-San Francisco game this year arguing that Rodgers played good enough for them to win the football game. Yeah. Which he did. Mm -hmm. But but he left the butt part out there. Well, but you only let us le- left us up seven in our own territory. Oh no, they blocked a punt, and even though we've outplayed them, the you game. didn't step on their throat when we had a chance, and now we're fighting for right. our life. But Sorry. he w- he was yeah. the regular season MVP, and uh, we go to points bet here. Yeah, think about the MVP for this year, and unlike the top forty, the supporting cast does matter a lot for the yes. MVP. So, who would you put your money on this season as we take a look at the odds uh, from points bet here for the? 2022 MVP. The top two guys are always going to be on my list. They're the, the these two are the like in the conversation already in year four and five of their careers for the most physically gifted quarterbacks in the history of football. Yeah, they are amazing. They are both on pace to be first ballot Hall of Famers right now. We are watching legends with these two. I just want everybody to know that. And that's I know Mahomes and Allen. Yes, yeah. Mahomes and Allen we're talking about. Brady and Rodgers, of course, I'm not I'm never going to throw them out of the conversation. But yeah. to me, I, I end up going to, all right, Mahomes, Allen, those would be my two top two choices. But I skip down to Herbert and Burrow and go, oh, a guy's not the number five and six guys on the list? I mean, I would be shocked if the Chargers aren't better and in the playoffs this year. Herbert plus 1,000, Burrow plus 1,100. Right, and, so, a, and again, I, the Bengals are going to be better too, and they're not going to get worse at throwing the ball and protecting Joe Burrow. So right. that's the one I would look at there for sure. Let's throw out the top yeah. six. That's Mahomes, Allen, Brady, yeah. Rodgers, Herbert, Burrow. Got to right. mention those guys. Yep. Everybody else you see on the list, your, your number one kind of dark horse, wild, core, wild card candidate, keep an eye on this guy. Okay, Um I think my num. Mm, mm. I think the guy I'd, I'd probably go with there. 
You know, I'm I'm not Lamar at plus eighteen hundred. I don't think mm. it's crazy. Again, mm-hmm. I think they're going to be a good football team. Russell Wilson at plus fourteen hundred is probably the one though. It's from my, my eyes. Yeah, as well. it yeah. just they're, they're, the support's there. You know, the narratives are there to be had if you want them. Oh, new quarterback! Look what he's done to our team. We're one of the best offenses. Defense oh, wait, is good. The defense is good. And oh wait, we're going to be in the playoffs maybe for the first time in seven years. Uh, to me, that just lines up to everybody give credit to Russell Wilson. He's one of the – and I, th- I I can very realistically see that happen. And two running backs on there. We yeah. had uh, Jonathan Taylor there. and Derrick Henry now. Not going there yet. Not Sorry, biting. slugger. Hey, download the points bet app. Use code NBC2K to sign up. You get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. That's right. Listen to what Paul says, okay? <laughs> he will come and beat you up, all right? <laughs> Download the app. If you're in an eligible state, PointsBet has a sign-up offer for unbuttoned listeners that you can't miss. Download the PointsBet app. Use code NBC2K to sign up and get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. Uh, say you bet 100 on Aaron Rodgers to win his third straight MVP. If you win, you'll get $1,000. But if you lose, you will still get free bets worth $100. So once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life. With points bet. One month from today, Chris, I'm going to be without Woo-hoo. this podcast. I'm going to be on like stage 95 of the Tour de France. We we just call me and no, just like read that. that? For you? Just wax poetically so yeah. you can just feel good and relax. Make my a July day. Sure, sure. I'm I can. serious. I can do it. Okay. It depends on the hours. Don't be asking me to do it in the middle of the night. I expect you know, it. Like, like you know, like late morning, early afternoon. Yeah. yeah. Viva la France. You'll be up and rolling. Okay. Number six, Matthew Stafford. Yeah. This is from Richard. Do the NFL short term memory regarding Stafford. He threw a game-ending interception that was dropped in the NFC Championship. What the Niners fuck? had the momentum, the would have fuck? scored, and would have won the game. What the like again? You're come on, Richard. Do the NFL. You're listening to the podcast. Don't come in with that stuff right there. I love you at throwing a question out. That dropped interception happened with what? Ten minutes left in the football game. I want to say it was Richard early apparently four. can tell the future. Yeah, and he knows what's going to happen. Yeah, I don't. Know. Well, well I, I need to go back and look. I think it was more than four minutes left. I, I, th- say I, I think eight. in every game, week two, meaningless, uh, big game like that, every quarterback has one to three balls that probably could have been picked. It, it, it's part sure, of the deal. It is part of the deal. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. And again, it, it's just but like we're not going to give we're not going to give him credit for coming back for down ten points against one of the best defenses of football. You should ignore quarter. that. I know we're gonna, we are ignoring it apparently. Focus on the near pick. We're just going to focus on the near pick, yeah. right? So that that's not fair, okay? And yes, against the best defense in football, down ten, he came back and they won by three, mm-hmm. and they won it for one reason because of Matthew Stafford and unbelievable throws. Yeah. So yes, I know he had a dropped interception. Okay, I get that, you know, but also. Like they were there because of him and the unbelievable performance the week before where he outplayed Tom Brady times three. Yeah. Yes, that was because of Matthew Stafford. Or the week before that where he was awesome against Kyler Murray and company. Or the week before that where he was clutch late in the game to tie the game against the 49ers and where they eventually went down and won it, but he yeah. was clutch there too. So no, I didn't forget about that. I didn't. What I do remember is that he was on a new offense, you know, playing banged up. And, you know, like a Brady the year before, you know, I think when he got somewhat healthy and got a good feel for it, it all started to come together the right way. And he made unbelievable plays, let alone let's just come on now. He played pretty unbelievable throughout the year as well. I know we had a stretch of like stupidity. I get that. But 
there was still a week a point during the year where we're going, maybe Matthew Stafford's the MVP. You know, the Rams look like the best team in football. I mean, he was tearing it up. He was the MVP of the postseason. He was I mean, the MVP 70% of the postseason. Exactly right. Higher rated then than he was in the he season. He still led the league in 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 uh, second in the league in touchdown passes. Yeah. So uh, you know, again, let's let's not forget those things. He threw for forty eight hundred yards with a running back that was banged up for most of the year. Had he not stumbled in the last four regular season games, he would have been much more part of that conversation. I, I, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Again, don't don't let some of that. And then, oh, Matthew Stafford, that's one of his things a little bit. Is yeah, he can be a little too loose with the football, but that could also be from years of going i gotta be loose with the football or we can't win here in detroit yeah true you know and people got to remember that too all right stafford was six uh tom brady was eight a lot of responses about this one yeah elton puka says hello chris love the pod big fan since day one thank you the fact that tom brady is not top five does that mean that a strictly pocket quarterback will never be in your top five other than running he is pretty much a plus plus on everything else basically the perfect pocket quarterback if I had to design one. Yes, right. But when the pocket's not very good and you're there under pressure, shit, he's not good. So he's still in the pocket there, you know, except he's flinching and not looking at the coverage and just ducking and chucking. So kind of a poor, important part of the football game. I don't mean to sound a jerk. I don't. And you're right. He is A++ on just about everything else. But, you know, again, like we're seeing in – and some of these games where it's just if it's not perfect and it's just oh wait the other team actually physically can hang in there with the bucks that's where we go oh brady doesn't look like brady today brady doesn't look like brady today like again we're i know we're not doing it this way but if you put brady in buffalo behind josh allen's line or cincinnati with that line what do you think those teams are going to look like i'm just sorry they're not going to be as good they're better with Josh Allen and Joe Burrow. Hmm. Now, you put the best team in football and the best O-line, like Brady, as I've said, he can do more with more and take advantage of everything an offense can give you. Smart as hell, can still make all the throws, You know, understands the one to throw the ball away and do all of that stuff. But that's all got to be perfect for him to take advantage of that stuff. And right. that's not the world we're living in here. But he's, he is just about the perfect you know, pocket QB it's just if there's no pressure, if, that's you know that's the big thing. If it's a nice clean pocket, yes, outstanding. Yes. Yes. Yeah, here's so, a great one yeah. that Matt found. Uh, right. it, it deals with number seven Russell Wilson, number eleven Derek Carr. It's from at Kelly Craig. Who benefits more from a new scheme, Carr or Wilson? Good question. It is They're both. You know, uh, Carr is going to learn some things from Josh McDaniels and go, "Damn, I was with Gruden. He's smart, but he didn't know that, mm. or he didn't teach it that way." Like what? Just. Just the way they can attack coverages, how they put route combinations together, that even sometimes it's like this guy's kind of just like there for window dressing to screw up the coverage and all that. It's it's special that way. Yeah. And there's just more all-purpose plays where you go, wait, I can come to the line of scrimmage in this play. This one play, I don't have to check to anything, has all the answers I want. Where Gruden would be like, no, if they go on this play, I want you to check to this play. If they run this coverage, you got to check to this play. And then, and then there might be a third defense they might run, and I want you to check to that one. Derek Carr's going to get up there and go, oh, wait, coach told me what to do against all these coverages. Yeah. I don't have to check a play. Like it's, it's perfect. But I will say I think Russell Wilson's going to benefit more. I do. From a new scheme or just from the new environment? Or? I think all of it, but yeah. the new scheme especially. Because Nate Hackett's the best offensive mind he's going to be with so far to this point of his career. Yeah. I'm going to say that and put that out there. It is the best talent he's got around him. But I think, too, with the Russell Wilson, what they traded away, how big of a deal is, they're going to go even more all in on let's make it about Russ. 
And that, to me, is why I think, yes, I think Russell will benefit more from the new scheme. Let's combine Dak Prescott at 9, Lamar Jackson at 10. This is from at quote the Ravens. If you put Dak Prescott on the Ravens, they're a markedly worse football team. If you put Lamar Jackson on the Cowboys, they're Super Bowl contenders. I don't know if I agree with that. You know, why why are they going to be worse if he's on – What's going to make them marketably worse? They'd be market. They'd be different. They'd be different. I know, they'd be I know. I don't. You know. I mean. Yeah. They're not going to have the running threat. But I mean, Dak Prescott. Again, we got to remember what he was before the broken ankle. He's a little bit more. He's going to be more agile and running, as we heard in the news and media this year, this week from McCarthy and the Cowboys. It's going to be more a part of what we saw two years ago. So I, I don't necessarily believe that, and I don't know if I necessarily believe that. The Cowboys are definite Super Bowl contenders if you put Lamar there. You know, again, their game is built on the drop-back pass game. Yeah. Dak Prescott is better in the drop-back pass game than Lamar Jackson. Pretty easily. I I mean, yes. Yeah. I mean, yes. Yeah. And that's where I think people are missing. I know Lamar has more electric plays and all of that. And I know everyone looks at it and goes, yeah, but the Ravens are all about Lamar. The Cowboys are all about Dak Prescott. They're, they're, what is it? What do, I, everyone get off Ezekiel Elliott. They don't care about him. The only reason he's playing is because they may, gave him too much money. He, they're already telling you that Tony Pollard is going to be. They are all about the pass game, and they have been for the last three years. I mean, to the point to where we go, Dak's got to throw for 403 touchdowns for them to win today. And if they don't, we're kind of like, what's going on with Dak and the offense? Why didn't they do as well today? So I, I don't necessarily agree with that. And again, for the sake of this, we're not we're all on the same team too. We gotta remember here. It's not at all an, an offense that's, you know, all in on Lamar's skill sets and we're just gonna make it work to, for the sake of Lamar. We're on a we're on a team that's got a little bit of all offenses and you know, you gotta play that way. So that to me again, I think Dak Prescott translates to more teams and offenses in football than Lamar Jackson does. That's what I'm going to say right there. A little bit more on Lamar from yeah. at Junior Kyo 13. I love Lamar and how electrifying his game is, but if he was a free agent, do you think that most of the league would try and sign him to replace their current quarterback and change the offense to fit him? I, I mean, down the line, guys, maybe. But I, I think again, you know, we got a lot of good quarterbacks right now to where if we. The top 10, I don't think anybody's there going, well, we're getting rid of our guy for Lamar. we got to do it. I, right. don't, I don't see that. And then, man, I think you could even get into the, you know, 12, Kyler Murray, 13, Deshaun Watson, 14, Matt Ryan. I don't think they're just throwing those guys overboard for Lamar Jackson. Keep going, 15, yeah. 16, 17. 15, yeah, Ryan Tannehill, Kirk Cousins. You know, maybe that's when you might get into that conversation, maybe. I mean, maybe, but it's still not easy to just Vikings to do it. If the Vikings had that choice, I mean, that Mr. Efficient, Mr. Solid, right? Going to make a lot of good decisions. When you know, be competitive, right? I don't think it's just a slam dunk decision, like where you just go. Definitely, we're getting rid of him and going with the other guy. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess it's just because they're you're are going to have to change things drastically and go. Wait, we're going to play a new way here a little bit, right? And you're I mean, in that particular so, yeah, scenario. I think what we're probably saying is around the Ryan Tannehill, Kirk Cousins. That's where we go. Yeah, I think it's probably where we start to go. Okay, maybe that's where I'd. I'd go to Lamar Jackson and go, we got to get Lamar. He's free. Yeah. You know, Lamar's special. He is. He's electrifying. And he's better in the pass game than people give him credit for. It. He had a down year in those those areas last year. And like I told you when we did the pod, it's just, yeah, it was a little all over the place with some of the decisions, the throws, and all that. And 
Um, you know, that led to a, a less than year for Lamar's expectations. And even more on Lamar, the uh, kind of topic here, Chris, is number one potential. Okay. It's from at Taylor for Cy Young. Is Lamar the lowest quarterback in your rankings with the possibility for becoming number one? And again, he's ranked at number 10. That's, that's a really good question, too. I think if you take away the rookies about to be second year guys. Who are the three right below Lamar? Derek Carr. Yep. I don't think he can be number one. No. Kyler Murray is the one I'm looking at to go, yes. There, there's potential in his ability yeah. to go that he could be that. If you were laying down the odds yeah. for a guy to jump up to number one next year, would Lamar or Kyler have, have greater odds? Lamar, what I would give the one that I'd give the – I have less questions about Lamar. Yeah. I do. Even with the down year, I have less questions about him. I do. So, yeah, But that is a good question. I think Lamar, hey, Deshaun Watson is another weird one. Again, he's at 13. I think he would probably be a guy I go, yeah. he, he could be one. And then, you know, I don't know or expect this to happen this year, but I do think the Zach Wilsons, the Justin Fields, and the Trevor Lawrences have the talent to maybe two years down the road or something like that where we can go, Hmm. Whoa, they're in the top five. They're number one, whatever. Yeah. I think they have that type of potential. Right Now they just got to prove it and play and, and do all that. But uh, I, I think as far as the realistic ones for next year, I think, yes, it's Lamar and you know, that Kyler area. Right. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. There. These comparison ones where we're, we're bringing two quarterbacks together are really fun. So let, let's go number 12, Kyler Murray. Yeah. Uh, 18, Mac Jones. This okay. is from at Jason Baumgartner. If you were an NFL coach and your goal was to win a Super Bowl, would you rather have Mac Jones or Kyler Murray? Well, I mean, right now, yes, I'm going to take Kyler Murray. I am, I am. Now, it just with, with the, the 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 the, I guess the part of that question is that's you know I think about the future a little bit, and I go, man, Mac Jones. I just have a hard time thinking he won't continue to get better and become just one of the better robots in football. Yeah. And I do think he has the ability to, you know, get some untapped potential for a little more power in throwing the football, you know. So that's where it, the projection of Mac Jones is the one, the part that I guess that makes me hesitate a little. Kyler is special in some of his abilities. The range we saw from him last year, the range of awesome and the range of what was That's what's that? a little scary. That's, yeah. that's the part where you go, ooh, okay, right now I'm taking Kyler Murray. But, yeah. ooh, man, two, three years down the road, I wonder if I'll think that. Yeah. And that's where I'm a little bit in it. Because, yes, the, the part we've talked about with Kyler, in the pocket, pressure, people around you, you know, when teams figure out how to kind of keep you in the pocket and make you play that game, yeah. damn, it doesn't look Kyler Murray-ish all the time. And that's what scares me a little bit about him going forward and some of the things, again, that, you know, the second offseason in a row, we're still, I'm still questioning the same kind of thing with Kyler Murray. Last year, I remember, it was all offseason that was going, he's got to be better on third down. And that, again, is in the pocket, third down. We know you're going to throw. you got to make that happen. He was better on third down this year. For a while. He was, for a while. 
But at the end of the year, it kind of fell off a little bit, and it's still a part of the game where I'd go, it's, it's got to improve to go to the next level. Thinking about it on a baseball level, with, with Kyler, it's like, okay, home run potential? Yeah, it's great. More strikeouts. Yeah, yeah, Mac exactly. Jones, singles, doubles, like which one do you value I, more? I think that's a very good way to say it. That's and a which, nice analogy there. Which You're one right. would you like on You're your right. team? How about we bring back Kellen Mond? Ooh, baby. Want a Whoa, bit of I Kellen didn't Mond? expect to hear this. Okay, this is from At Skull Squatch. Hey, Chris. You loved Kellen Mond coming out, had him in your top 40 last year. This year, he's not even an honorable mention. I don't know if that's true or not. We can go back and check. Yeah. Have you given up on him? What are you looking to see from him in camp in the preseason to get you back in the Mond pond? <laughs> I like it. I'm in the Mond pond. I'm in the I'm still not giving up on Kellen Mond. Kellen, Kellen Mond, for whatever reason, was in some weird doghouse with Mike Zimmer and the com- and company last year. I don't know if it's, whether he didn't get vaccinated that put him there, but there was those issues. But you're hearing, uh, we, we've heard murmurs this offseason about how impressed they were with Kellen Mond. The mm. talent's real, you know? But hey, it, he didn't play for a year. He didn't do much. I didn't, yeah, I don't. It, it, these are the ones that are the hardest of the group. I understand his talent is in the top 40 conversation. There's no doubt about that. But hasn't played, you know, didn't get to play a lot in the preseason. So I'm just a little with him. It's just like I don't know exactly where he's at right now. Yeah. But for, you know, can he be right back in this list? If sure. Kirk Cousins got hurt this year and he gets a chance to play, like don't be shocked if Kellen Mond goes in there with a quarterback-friendly head coach and starts to open up some eyes and we go, whoa, look at him. So I'm, I'm in the Mond pond. I just he's just not fully in it right now. I guess I only got I'm like waist deep in it. Let, let's see if you're in the Fitzpatrick pond here, right. okay? Ryan Fitzpatrick. This is from at Joe Bucks fan. If you had one game to win, would you take a healthy 39 year old Ryan Fitzpatrick ahead of quarterbacks 21 through 40? If we could dial up 21 through 40, yeah, no, we could no, take not. a peek at those guys and maybe throw out some names and see I, um, if anybody tempts you. Mm. Who makes you think the most? Well. I mean, Fitzpatrick, I mean, again, he's got some stuff about him to where you want to – I understand the question and all of that. He's, you know, game savvy, can make some plays. You know, I, I do want to remind people he can also do some of the dumbest stuff we've ever seen too. Some fun interceptions. In Definitely. Yeah. Um, but I don't, I don't think I would take him – over anybody, twenty-one through forty. I'm not going to take them over the 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 three guys that are going in, Daniel Jones and the three guys going into their second year. Should we revisit the Miami Tua or Fitzpatrick? I mean, it's there. He's I, at twenty-nine. I mean, that'd be like when you get into the you know one game to win conversation. I mean, mm-hmm. that's around the area where I start to look at him a little bit. Yeah, the Marcus Mariota area. You know, Jameis Winston. Even the Jalen Hurts part. So I guess I'm, I think it's probably around the 25 area, probably where I start to look at it to go, I'd throw them in there. Jay- I'm a believer in these second year guys. I know it. Yeah. I'm a believer. Yeah. I am. They have way better physical ability than Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um, they showed growth in their game last year, and I expect that growth to have continued throughout the offseason and just would be shocked if those guys don't kind of show us that they're, they've made. You know, some some big time changes to their game. Switch gears here a little bit. We're still taking questions. We're going to go outside the quarterback range here a little bit. Cool. Favorite receivers. This is from at the Chad Barnett. Oh, I'm sorry, I added an N there. At the Chad Barrett. Barrett. That's the right Chad. What was your favorite type of receiver to throw to? Speed guys, big guys, or route runners? I like speed guys. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm a sucker for that kind of stuff. You think about a big Joey Galloway? Arm. Exactly. Yeah. I had a big arm. 
and I wanted to throw it deep. Yeah. So, or I wanted to throw a hundred mile per hour slant route and then yeah. let the guy go run deep for me after right. that. Yeah. that. That's what I, I love. Now there are certain situations where I might take some of the other guys. Like if you told me like, man, it's a one-on-one matchup and it's third and five, right? I'd go, Ooh, okay. Maybe I'll take the big guy. Yeah. Just let me go one-on-one and throw a back shoulder to him. That guy will box him out. I'll put it in a spot where his long arms will get it and boom, you know, and some of the slot stuff, yeah, yeah, that's maybe where you get into the route runner conversation. But I think of just general overall, I'm I'm a speed guy. I, I like that, the threat they put, the one-on-one. The speed guys, too, again, what I try to tell people all the time is they, they it'll, it makes up for the deficiencies in the route right? running yeah. because people are so scared of the speed, it doesn't matter. He's still open because they're all turning and running going, oh, shit, he's going deep. Oh, wait, he stopped and put the brakes on and ran a 15-yard curl. Oh, no, he's wide open. He's not that great of a route runner, but he's wide open. So that's where I favor those guys a little. One of the fun things about this pod is that yeah. we kind of get into the weeds a lot of the yeah. quarterback stuff. This is, this is way into the weeds with, with a nice assist from at Vish Kumaran. A non-ranking question, but can you talk about shotgun stances? Mm. I noticed Trey Lance is now staggered with his left foot forward after being a feet even guy last year. Right. This seems to be something Shanahan prefers with his quarterback's left foot forward. Could you tell us why? Well, I think the, the reason I would think the biggest thing, and this is Aaron Rodgers started this, left foot forward, right foot back for the right-handed quarterback because now you get the ball and you're in the position to throw right away. Right. So there's one less step involved, all right, where I think it can be dicey at times, though. You're in the shotgun. And you're running all the read option and stuff like that. If the ball is snapped a little off kilter at times, now it's like, oh, wait, I'm bent down. My feet are in an awkward position. And I got to give the ball to the running back. And I'm my one foot's in his way. Mm. It's going to trip him. Or I'm reaching. Or whatever that way. Or the play action fake isn't as good or smooth because it's just, you know, you're off balance and shifting your feet and all that. Where if you're just totally... Peyton Manning used to just be totally even on yeah, both. Yeah. There's great balance. If the ball is off on the shotgun, and if you're watching on YouTube, I'm trying, you know, you're still, okay, I got it, but my feet are on it. Oh, here's the handoff. Oh, here's the play action fact. The fake. But I think the biggest thing is the pass game, the quick game out of the shotgun. It's one less step, and you're ready to throw and kind of yeah. in that position already. Remember back in the late 80s, early 90s from under center, Dan Reno used to like, it was the Cheat greatest that foot tell. back, right? Like his, he was about to get the snap, and he would shift his feet in his body. Right, right, because like, he was getting so slow-footed and <laughs> so you know unexplosive right? in, in his legs and stuff that, yes, you were like, oh, man. And then, it, yeah, it almost looked like that all the time at if one you're the point DN, where you're like, yeah. You're just watching him. You're not, it, you're not in the run game, I felt like he started to have to cheat it at the end. He's yeah. like, whoa, we're running to the left here. I don't know if I can get out there. I'm going to have to get start getting a head start as we do that. All right, Shanahan versus McDaniels from at Chuck Hover 74. Since you're close with both, what are the similarities, differences, and traits of Kyle Shanahan and Josh McDaniels that make them so good? Oh, that's a good, that's really a good, good question. Chuck? Yeah. Yeah, good one, Chuck Hover 74. Um, McDaniel, they're both psychos. Yep, in a good way. In a good way, exactly right. And, and like it's just all football all the time. Just all football all the time. Nothing else. McDaniel's is a more, a little bit more of like a robot, you know, a hair more so soft spoken. You know, Shanahan's going to be a little bit more of like, ah, what the fuck are you doing? That's crazy. Yeah. You got to be fucking better at this and yeah. do that. Like, be a little bit more loose and maybe be able to coach and shoot the shit with the players at the same time. 
where McDaniels is going to be a hair more professional, where they're special and where both of them screw defenses over is just that they're 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 not afraid to take chances and be creative and go away. Well, yeah, nobody runs this play, but I'm smart and I'm going to coach it away to where I'll make it work. Yeah, I just think this can work against this defense. They're not afraid to take chances. Their systems, you know, are tried and true to where they got answers for everything. Their ability to understand defenses to me is where they're on another level from the rest of football. These are two offensive coaches that could be defensive coordinators that they understand the exact rules. Not like, oh, cover three, one guy rolls down and the other guy rolls back in the middle field. They know the exact rules of like, if number two releases inside, then the nickelback has to do this. But if he goes outside, the nickelback has to do that. And now the linebacker has to read the nickelback and do this off of it. They know all of those nuances. They could coach defense. So that's where they're special. And then when they start to study you, they have the ability to find, oh, when you get in these few formations, they like to check to this defense or they play these defenses a lot more than any of the other defenses, and then they get you into those formations when the game comes and they go, I know you're going to play these three or four defenses, and I made 100 plays to fuck over those yeah. three or four defenses, right. and now you're in trouble. So that's where they are very special. Shanahan may be a little bit more – Outside the box, creative guy. Hey, you go this way, you go this way, and then we're going to throw a screen to Debo Samuel and like crazy stuff like that. And I think maybe more creative in the run game. McDaniel's to me, his drop back pass game is better. His drop back pass game is phenomenal. It has answers for everything. And like you said, there's very little like we talked about earlier. Very little checks. Yeah. They've come up with plays that are like, oh, we don't care if it's cover two, cover four, or any two safety defense. This play works against them all. Yeah. All right. And that's where, you know, he they're very good that way and, you know, have the checks to go along with it if they have to or get into that type of game. McDaniels was head coach in Denver in 2009-ish, didn't last very long. I, think I was you there. Were, okay, you were there. I was and there then in you Denver. were with him in New England right, right after that. Right. Ten years ago. Yeah. How do you think he's evolved the most since then? Yeah, I, I talked about this with a little bit with the Combine, and I think he's just realized about, you know, communicating around the building, you know, personal relationships with people a little more important than, you know, maybe he gave it credit for, or maybe not to just be so cutthroat and be like, mm. it's my way or this way, and mm. that's it, and I'm the head coach. I think that's where he's he's grown, realizing the the people skills of the relationships are just Matters. as important yeah. as the X's and O's and me being a machine and finding the right ways to kill a defense. All right, uh, a little non-football here from John James Uh-oh. Wilkin. Who's your favorite non-football athlete? Hmm. I'm going to open this up and say you can go all time. Like, it doesn't have to be right oh, now. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, you know, Michael Jordan is still very special to me. I mean, I, I'm prime Michael Jordan years. Yeah. And I grew up in the 80s. I was born in 80. So when I was starting to pay attention to basketball, 86, 87, yeah, Larry and Magic were awesome and all that. But, man, there was this guy that was flying through the sky that had cool sneakers and cool <laughs> commercials, and then nobody could beat him as we went on. So – Michael Jordan is still really, really special to me. Um, Aaron Judge is probably the, my favorite sports you player right now. Guy, that's yes, right. I yeah. love Aaron Judge. I really do. If I go to the Yankees game, I'm going because, yeah, number one thing is I want to watch Aaron size, Judge. He might hit one out. Right. I want to see him crush a ball and, yeah. you know, 800 miles per hour, 800 feet into the outfield. So they're up there. He's up there for sure. 
my favorite athlete I've ever met and just their personality out of all the stars. And then, and I'll always say this magic Johnson is the coolest motherfucker ever. Mm. He is the one guy where if I, my kid could meet a star or anybody meet a star, magic Johnson is the man. He made me feel like we were friends and we went way back, you know, in yeah. times and we're, we're old buddies. I met him at a quarterback challenge in the early nineties and he, he was there with Warren Moon. He couldn't Warren Moon, another guy, awesome guy. Yeah. Couldn't have been nicer to me. You know, hey man, come over here, give me five. What sports you play? You play in basketball, blah, blah, blah. A year later, I'm at a Giants game. I'm walking down the aisle in the mezzanine level. I look into one of the luxury boxes. Magic Johnson was in there. I was like, holy shit, there's Magic Johnson. He happened to look at me as I was going down the aisle. I looked. I just waved. Like I didn't even think he would remember me. Yeah. Remembered me. Brought me in. Come so here. Cool. What's up, man? How are you? Blah, yeah. blah, blah. Like Magic Johnson's like the man. So when Magic Johnson was at Michigan State in the late 70s when right. they won the whole thing. So in Iowa City where I grew up, there was an old field house where they used to play. Yeah. About, you know, in the same building, on the other side of the building, there was a little gym called the North Gym. Right. And the teams would come in and practice at the North Gym. And my dad would bring me over because my dad used to work out close to it. And back then, you could do whatever you wanted to. So we were in the North Gym. Judd Heathcote is there chewing ass on oh, all the players. That's crazy. There were two guys at a hoop by themselves, like while the real practice was going on. I forget which Vincent was there with Magic. And then Magic. They did whatever they wanted to on the other end of the court the whole time. I was yeah. like, Dad, those other two guys are doing what they want. It was like, that was, you, you bring up Michael Jordan. Like, yeah. That was the first like Jordan rules thing I right. ever, ever saw. Yeah, right. Like Magic just, you know, he was, he was at practice. Yeah. He was doing what he wanted to. Yeah, he was doing what he wanted. Yeah, yeah. It blew my eight-year-old mind. That's amazing. I'm sure it would. It would, yes, definitely, 100%. Everything I, makes more sense now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Now you know how the world works. It definitely makes more sense. So, yeah, Magic, awesome. Derek Jeter, another guy I'd probably had fun oh, in that yeah. conversation. Yeah. Again, the Yankees, I wore number two partly because of Derek Jeter. Yeah. Uh, he, he, to me, when I met Derek Jeter for the first time, that was pretty damn special. Bought my wife a drink that night. That's still one thing I laugh about. Maybe two. I mean, yeah, seriously. <laughs> but he was with his wife. At that time, she was soon to be his wife, I believe. Like, they were engaged and about to be married. But I was sitting at a, at a bar in New York at a nice hotel. And, yeah, I'm a Yankee fan. I've been, and I went, man, the back of that guy's head sure looks like the shape of Derek Jeter. I've watched a lot of Yankee games, and I know that guy's head and what it looks like. And I finally saw him turn around, and it was him. And I was like fanboy. I went over there and was like, yeah. hey, uh, I'm Chris Sims. You know, my dad was a quarterback. I just wanted to say I, you know, he was great. Couldn't have been cooler. I yeah. met his wife. She was beautiful. And, yeah, the rest is history. It's amazing what, what, what a star he is here. I mean, he's highly respected everywhere. Yeah. I've lived in other parts of the country. And, yeah. like, Derek Jeter here is, like, times a thousand. And he's I, New York. I, I know he played. Yeah, but it's, yeah. it's like the – the star factor, I mean, in my town, people have dogs named Jeter. They have kids named Jeter. He's, it's out of hand. He, they, he brought the Yankees back to the, the golden age again yeah. where they were shit. And then, of course, it's his era that brought him back. Yeah. He was so clutch in so many big moments. And then New York social life is a really important subject yeah. up here. He was the fucking king of social life. We man. were every man in the world was like, man, could I be in Derek Jeter's shoes for one night? Yeah, one night and give out one of those famous gift baskets <laughs> and stuff. <laughs> that's where that's where my mind went. Yeah, yes, yeah. right. The right. gift basket. Good time to move on to this is titled "Glory Days" from at JDM four fifteen. 
If you could replay and relive any game you've played before, what game would it be? Oh, gosh. Wow. Well, there's a few. There, there are losses. That, that's, un- that's the unfortunate part. I mean, I wish I could play my junior year Big 12 championship game against Colorado again, where I threw three interceptions in the first half, came mm. out on fire, and we're going to go play Miami in the national championship game. And then I threw three dumb interceptions, and that that stopped me. That hurt my draft stock. I was thinking about coming out early, and we lost a chance to play in the national championship game. So that's one that certainly jumps out always. If you wouldn't have worn those black cleats. Oh, I know. Those black sneakers. I know, right? Right? What a selfish asshole I yeah. am. Yeah. <laughs> Paul's referring to I wore some non-sanctioned Nike sneakers on the turf in Dallas that day. Mm. And uh, the equipment guys and a few guys in the organization were like, what are you wearing? I'm like, they're Nike sneakers. Relax. We're sponsored by Nike, and they're Nike. Um, but, yeah, that became a thing right before that game. Uh, that... And really, I think, you know, I, I do have some good games that I played that I'd love to go back and feel the moments, but I'm, I'm going to say my playoff game where I lost against the Washington Redskins at the time, yeah. Commanders now, that was one, too, just because it was so close. We were, we were the better team, you know. What year was that? That was that was 05. That's, you know, uh, we had Adele Shepard catch the ball in the end zone and fall to his knees, and then lost. it was the Calvin Johnson rule before the Calvin Johnson mm, rule. Mm. We were really the first big game that had that. And they had Clinton Portis. They had and Clinton Sean, Portis Sean and, and Mark Brunel. And exactly, could, uh, Sean Taylor Brunel returned a fumble yeah, yeah, for yeah. 56 yards and a touchdown in the game. We we were better than them. Yeah. I had a good game. that I ended up throwing two interceptions by just balls being tipped to the line of scrimmage. But, yeah, that's one where I go, oh, man, I wish I could go back and play that one more time. Isn't it crazy? And it's almost kind of sad because there, there was a lot of good. Yeah. But how the mind just is stuck when it when it's over on God, I wish I had that game back. I want to change the So much the more outcome, than, right. oh, that game was great. I know. If you think about, like, oh, what was the greatest atmosphere I was in and put, you know, hey, with some wins against Texas A&M at home at Texas, going in Nebraska and throwing for 400 yards against, you know, the black shirts when they were still the black shirts there. Yeah. The, those, those, those are special. And I had a few NFL games that I, I certainly remember. But, yeah, it's those losses that come to mind. All right. Liam Kerwin says, I love you, dude, but my wife, Tara, for some reason – Loves to rip on you. Okay. I, I, I like how this one's going. Please educate her on why you're great to listen to. Maybe I should listen. Uh, maybe I listen to too much football talk and she gets tired of it, probably. But you still deserve better, Chris. I do deserve better. Tara, what the fuck? Yeah. I mean, what are you doing? Seriously. And maybe- don't, don't, don't get mad at me, Tara, because he's listening to some other average football podcast. This is the one to listen to here. So come on. Like, get off my back. Nobody is giving the information I'm giving, Tara. Nobody's talking quite this frankly to you either, Tara. Yeah. So lay off my shit, all yeah. right? Give me a chance a little bit. Maybe some swag. Good luck, Liam. All right? <laughs> Good luck. Good luck. No, but uh, yeah, I, I thank you for that question. And yeah. hopefully, Liam, we can we can work on Tara here and get her to be a Chris Sims fan so she'll back off of you. It's nice of Liam to, uh, to, what to bring you in. is she ripping on me? When you say she rips know. on me, I want to know what she's ripping on me. I she's think, ripping on my hair, my clothes, what? I think she's doing it more in the abstract. She's probably ripping on her husband for like spending too much right. time thinking about football, watching uh, and listening. listening to that Chris Sims it, again, yeah, that yeah, stupid yeah. It's football not, podcast. It's not you. Yeah, right, it's right, him. It's right, Liam. Right. Liam's the problem. It's you, Liam. It's your fault. Yes. Stop putting me in this position. Yeah, Liam Kerwin is in trouble. Damn you, Liam. That's it, my man. That was it? That's it. Woo! That is it. That's a season. 
There's that's a, a season. season. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. I can't even believe it. I know. Start, cue the, is it Alice Cooper that sings School's Out for Summer? That is the guy. It is Alex Cooper? Yeah. Good. Yeah. School Way back is when. out for summer. School but, is out for summer, and it'll be starting for me tonight in the evening. And you know what time that is. Drinky, drinky, smoky, smoky. That's coming to a theater near so, you. It's like how many days? You know, tonight you're celebrating. Like, yeah. How many days into the end of your summer does that go? Oh, it's going to go on here for a, a few weeks. Yeah. We're going to go to July 4th. It's going to be the last day, at least still the, like the last day, the first day of summer. That's about, you know, that's close to three weeks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, yes. It's a three-week three week kind of ramp up. It'll be hard. Even See, I'll have a few days where I'll go, I'm not going to have a drink tonight. Yeah. But in like this time of the year, it's just it seems like it's hard. Like, I'll have a friend come over. It's hard not I mean, to. Hey, let's have a drink. Or we'll right. go to somebody's house. And I'll be like, I'm not drinking that. And they're like, they're all six drinks in. And I'm yeah. like, all right, I guess I'll have a drink too. Yeah. That's what happens this time of the year. So I'm not going to hide from it. I'm just going to yeah. say, yes, it's going on three straight, three straight weeks. And you don't have to shake, shake off a hangover and come in and talk football with No, Mario. exactly right. Or me I sleep or in or... every day and have good breakfasts. And I'm looking forward to checking out. Yeah, you should. I really am. So you should. You've earned got it. No regular podca- uh, tapings here for the next few weeks, everybody. All right? Don't shed a tear. I will be back soon. Paulie will be back soon. Ahmed will be back soon. But we do have the new podcast coming next week for the Joe Burrow interview. We are dropping that, which was great. Joe was great. Did you tell him where he was ranked? Well, uh, no, I did not. I told their beat writer that he's in the top four. He wanted to know the rankings before. I I was like, you're relaxed. You don't get to know my rankings. All right. right? You got to listen to the pod. But I think they made a thing. I didn't tell him. Hopefully he feels good about the number four ranking. But that was a great interview, and Joe couldn't have been better. And we really nerded out and talk about quarterback football stuff, all right? So check that out. Follow me on Twitter, at CSimsQB. Sims Unbutton on Instagram for all the latest football news. Polly, hope you're good, man. I'll be there for the chicken and the weed in about a half hour. Okay, cool. We'll see you there. Don't work too hard over the next month, all right? man. All right. Everybody be good out there. Keep sending in questions. And thanks for all the great stuff throughout the Chris Sims Top 40. Peace out, homies. See you soon. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.